Welcome to our podcast. Today we will further be discussing if Twitter should be used in schools or if they should not be used in schools. I'm Shannon. And I'm Janelle. We are both teachers, so this was an interesting topic to both of us. Um, The big question here is, should Twitter be used in schools or should they not be used in schools? Janelle, remind me, what do you teach again? So I uh, teach preschool, so my students are four, so they won't be using social media at all. Okay, right. And I'm a special education teacher and my students are severely disabled, so they cannot access social media independently. But I do definitely see how Twitter and other social media platforms um, could be used as like an educational tool um, in a lot of other school settings. Um, I also feel like I can find some benefits of how to use um, Twitter and other social media sites um, for parent engagement and, and such things like that. Um, so last week we read Using Twitter for Education, Beneficial or Simply a Waste of Time um, by Tang and Hugh. Um, I was really compelled by the component of using Twitter uh, specifically as an assessment tool in the classroom. Um, they mentioned using it as a means for a formal assessment, and I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of new ways to check in with my students all the time, and I thought this may not be the best way personally for me to check in with my population of students, but I do think it'd be a great way to check in with students in like a middle or high school level or students that are interested in social media and interested in Twitter. Yeah, that was a great study that was done, and I agree. It's more for students who are in middle and high school, and I never thought about assessment components of using Twitter to be like something as like a formative assessment. And I don't know, I just never thought about using social media that way in schools. Yeah, I was thinking um, at the end of a lesson, you could just kind of ask your students to like take out their devices or provide them with some type of classroom iPads. Um, and then you can kind of just have them tweet something that they learned that day or something that they gained from that lesson. Um, I feel like from there, teachers can show the tweets um, you know, on the smart board or they can review what the students had learned as a class. Um, and I just feel like it's an interesting way for students to use Twitter um, because they're familiar with it and would probably like to use it in school. Oh, I completely agree. There's also collaboration, which I think is a great way for students to learn how to work with their peers while using technology. Right. I totally agree. Um, And I feel like collaboration is such an important skill um, to learn since it's like a lifelong skill um, that we use in everyday life. Um, I think it's also important to remember that collaborating does not happen only in person, but, you know, virtually and through technology as well. Um, I mean, I think we can both agree firsthand from transitioning to distance learning. Um, I've seen how collaboration can still happen through many different online platforms. Um, I Zoom with other teachers every morning, and we collaborate and plan lessons for the week. Um, And I also created this, like, shared Google Sheet for my classroom staff and I. So my classroom aides and classroom assistant kind of work together through that form, and we collaborate and create work for each student. Um, Have you had to collaborate a lot through this transition to working from home? Yeah, it's... We have been collaborating a lot, and especially with uh, this whole new way of teaching students, it's new to a lot of people. And for my school, we teach at, we follow a different philosophy. We uh, follow the 
Reggio Emilio philosophy. So it's something that we don't use. We don't use technology. We use recyclable material and we do a lot of exploring and discovering, but there's no technology whatsoever. So the way that the teachers and I have been communicating is similar to you. We use Zoom. Uh, So at least three times a week, we uh, get together, the whole entire school, all the teachers at least. uh, We go ahead and collaborate that way, see how it's been going. But also, we also do uh, teacher team meetings. So the other four-year-old teachers, we get together and we talk about the lessons that we are going to be working on for each day. And this is something that has been working well so far. Meanwhile, we only started it like this week, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we've been, it's been slowly going, but it's been great so far. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's a great plan for sure. So there are some concerns that people have when using Twitter uh, that they mentioned in the reading, for example, privacy, which I believe that's a pretty big concern. And I'm sure for most parents having, uh, you know, using social media And there's also message length, which this was something new to me until I read the article. And uh, Twitter being a big distraction, which I can completely relate to because Twitter, I mean, I don't really use it. But when I was younger, I used MySpace. That was popular. And that was a big distraction for me. I used to run home after school, go right onto my social media Another thing was uh, AOL Messenger, so that was another thing. And then when Facebook got popular, forget about it. That was also another big distraction for me. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I still feel to this day I have some trouble with being distracted by those sites. Um, So I can definitely see that being an issue. Um, As for the privacy thing, I also understand, and I think it would have to be, you know, if it was used in an educational setting that, the teacher or the school would have to get, you know, granted permission that they were allowed to use those sites or, you know, if they weren't, then they weren't participating in that component. Um, So that definitely could be um, an underlying issue. Um, I do feel that though, if it's used for an educational purpose, it would be less distracting per se and maybe a little bit more motivating. Um, You know, if students are looking at Twitter regardless because they're distracted, they might, you know, scroll past something that ended up being educational or pertaining to their class and they saw an announcement. Um, So I feel like it could grab students' attention and make them more engaged um, if they were able, you know, to use a desired social media site um, and not get in trouble for it. So I do see both sides. Yeah, I think that when using social media when you're in school, I think it's going to definitely help motivate the students to want to learn more, and it'll help them be engaged a lot more. And now that I'm thinking about it, uh, using Twitter can be a great way to teach students uh, digital citizenship, uh, which was part of uh, the draft for the New York State K-12 computer science and digital fluency learning standards that we learned about towards the beginning of the semester. And uh, the standards can be incorporated into lessons and help teach students learn how to be safe while using the internet. And this is going to help students understand how to navigate through the internet. Uh, And there are things that, there's an example actually that was pretty good that I thought was uh, listed on the standards and that's knowing right from wrong, like the rules of uh, etiquette and uh, with using 
with using social media, you know, you have to have some online etiquette, which I think, you know, students have to understand that. Definitely. You're totally right. And I think those standards are so important, especially as we grow and evolve over time, because technology will really just continue to be a driving force in education and in life in general. Um, And as for, you know, these standards addressing, um, you know, safety, you know, safetiness for the students and etiquette, um, they're so important because students really could get themselves into a you know, a great amount of trouble or um, in a difficult situation if they don't know those rules. So I agree. I think those standards are very important. Yeah. I also remember uh, that you mentioned communication on our voice thread. Uh, the communication with the teachers and students, I think, is really important as well. Uh, an example of an activity that Tang and Hugh mentioned in the study uh, is the instructor sends one post every morning with additional materials. Is that something that you do with your students? Um, I thought that part of Tang and Hugh was really interesting also. I don't do that personally, but I have recommended that to certain teachers um, in our teacher meeting today um, because I think some students in my school could begin to do this or understand this. A little background, my school is broken up into three areas. So BLC is where I teach and those students are severely delayed cognitively and developmentally. Um, Samoset is the section that has students that are severely medically fragile and physically impaired. But lastly, we have a section called TSP, and it's basically a transition program that teaches students with mild autism and mild um, disabilities um, to help transition them into work sites with job coaches. Um, So I can see Twitter being beneficial for them since um, they do communicate socially with their peers and adults, and they definitely could utilize Twitter as a means of communicating and gaining resources from their teachers and keeping track of assignments and due dates. Um, Personally, I don't communicate through something like that, but I do communicate with my parents through an app called Remind. Um, It allows you to send like reminders to parents that goes to an app on their phone, um, and I can remind them of upcoming events or other important information. Um, For right now, I've been um, sending out a message on Remind just saying, hi, just sent an email, please check it, have a great week. Um, I'm actually thinking about maybe starting a Twitter page though um, and having parents follow it because I could post my reminders on there and it also allows for a conversation amongst parents that Remind does not. Um, So I feel like if I had a Twitter page, maybe called Miss Shannon's Twitter page, um, I could post the reminders there. Parents can, you know, like and share that they got it and saw it and then maybe communicate with other parents on the similar you know, needs or questions that they have. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you communicate with parents through anything like that? Uh, something similar. Uh, I don't use Remind, but I've heard of uh, Remind before. And I think that's a great way to communicate with parents because, you know, you're not using email because email, it takes so, you know, not everyone checks their email right away. But, you know, if you get a notification through an app, the parents can instantly see it. Uh, so the way that I communicate with my parents is I use Brightwheel, uh, and using Brightwheel, we post pictures on there of their of their child uh, daily, and then we also send out uh, reminders and alerts if we're having a fire drill. We noti- we notify parents that way, uh, but I've used I'm using that right now as well as using my Google Classroom to communicate with parents. And when my parents when they do have a question, uh, and it 
for instance, today, I recorded a video for my students of me reading a story, and I had found out later on that they couldn't hear me uh, <laughs> while I was reading the story, so I had to re-record, but it was a great way for the parents to tell me right away that they couldn't hear me. So that was one thing that I really did uh, appreciate about how technology is today. It's like quick and instant, and you can just uh, get information, you can get notified from the parents quickly. I totally agree. I think that that convenience of something being quick um, is definitely necessary in this day and age, so I'm definitely on board with you with that. Um, Just another interesting reading from this week was Social Media and Education, Reconceptualizing the Boundaries of Formal and Informal Learning by Greenhow and Lewin. Um, They bring up a lot of great points, but they specifically mention that the use of social media in schools is often teacher-directed, and I definitely could see that. Um, Although I do feel teachers play a role in facilitating the social media platform if they were to use it in their class, obviously, I do think it could be used as like a type of discussion board activity if some students were able to access it and use it. Um, I just feel like students can like this and they could share another student's posts and they can respond um, and kind of communicate that way. Um, But I do feel like predominantly it most likely would be teacher-directed. But what are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's only teacher-directed? I would have to agree with you. I feel like most of the time it's teacher-directed and we don't want that. We want our students to engage with uh, their peers and also with their teacher. So the fact that you mentioned that they can communicate in a way of liking and sharing, you know, students' posts, that's a great way. And, you know, that's similar to what we do now with our Twitter accounts with our class. And I'm, you know, I see our peers retweeting whatever post they like, and whenever someone has a podcast, uh, they retweet that as well. Uh, and, of course, we like the posts that we see from our peers, and so I think that's a really great way to communicate. So I think, you know, when it's not, when there isn't so much technology used, I feel like it's a little more teacher-directed, unless you have, like, Class Dojo. Class Dojo, uh, I believe Nia actually had brought that up, and that... I think is a great tool to use because you can have students uh, engage, you know, be engaged that way and uh, have it right on the board and you can ask your students to go up to the board and uh, use Class Dojo as well. Right. I totally agree. And I think the biggest takeaway that both of us, I could, if I could speak for both of us, is that You know, technology is so hugely important right now. Um, I think we all had to learn that firsthand. Um, And though maybe Twitter is not the best tool for us to use with our populations, I do think, like you're saying, Class Dojo, um, the other platform that you used, Remind, those are all similar ways to try to help and communicate with students um, in the best way possible for right now, especially. Um, And I definitely could see the benefits of Twitter Um, being motivating for certain students um, in the classroom and, you know, trying to reach students by, all right, pay attention because at the end of the class you can, you know, use your phone to tweet for our final activity. Um, So, like I said, I don't see it being exactly perfect for my situation, for where I teach, and maybe for where you teach also, but I definitely could see the benefits of it. I completely agree, definitely. 
Um, all right. Well, this has been a great talk. Um, I always enjoy talking to you because we have a similar type of, you know, job where you're teaching students, you know, very young and I'm teaching students who function at, you know, pretty much the age range that you teach. So it's always interesting to, you know, talk with you and share our thoughts. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me, Shannon. Of course. Talk to you soon. Bye.